if you had, if, if you had to, if you had to sum up, if you had to sum up this year, 2018, like this, 2018, the year of, what would you say? How, what would you call this year? Lord, y'all done told my door up. I don't even know how. <laughs> Let's see if it works. Help me, Corey. Please, sir, help me. Help me. They're working on it. Uh, it's okay. You might have to hold it up. <laughs> if, you had, if you had to categorize 2018 and give it a signature, give it a title, what would you title this year? Just thinking about the year from last January to now. Yes, sir. What would you title it, sir? The year of integrity. Integrity? Awesome. 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 The year of integrity. Anybody else? How would you categorize this year if you had to sum it up and give it a title? Somebody help me right quick. Yes, ma'am. The year of magnificent change. How many of you can say amen to that? I had a hand over here. Yes, sir. A roller coaster to triumph. That's kind of like tragedy to triumph. Okay, okay. Somebody else, ma'am. The year of the year, a year of launching. Mm, that's like new beginnings, right? Yeah. I thought I saw somebody else's hand. How'd you, how would you categorize? What would you name it? A year. Wow. A year of rest. 2018. A year of restoration. Somebody else? How would you label it? Yes, sir. A year, <laughs> a year of lost and found. Yes, sir. A year of what? The warm-up. Okay. Like, like the warm-up pants I had on yesterday? No. Oh, a year of warm-up. In other words, this year is getting you ready for something that's coming. How many of you, raise your hand if you, if you sense that 18 is getting you ready for 19. Let me see your hands. A few of you feel that way. Anybody else? How would you sum up the year if you categorize the year 2018? Yes, ma'am. A year of fine tuning. My God. My God. That's awesome. Yes. A year of awakening to your dreams. I asked this question to several of the people yesterday, and here's some of the responses that I got. Uh, a year of adventure. A year of internal growth. A year of change. A year of death and resurrection. A year of Adjustment. Anybody have to make adjustments this year? By the way, I'm giving you this today because this is the last time I'll be speaking with you this way this year. And I want you to think about this year, this past year, in a different way. Mm, a year of reinvention. How many of you have had to reinvent yourself or put on new labels or new titles? Do things differently the way than what you've been doing them. One person said to me, it's a year to believe. A year to believe. Has anybody been challenged to believe bigger than you've ever believed before in 2018? If you have, raise your hand and look around at each other. A year to believe. How about 
a year of opportunity and opposition. How many of you would say amen to that? I want to talk to you about that today. I want to talk to you about a year of open doors. It's kind of an amazing thing because um, this message, I, I replayed the message that was given to me personally by, not Al Pacino, but Phil Cappuccio. That's two different things right there. Phil Cappuccio. I played, he, actually, he recorded it on, how did you do it? He recorded it on his phone and he sent it to me. And it was, hmm? uh, th no, this was the end of last year. He recorded it to me and sent it to me and we began talking about it. And in fact, in fact, it, it's really what Paul, the apostle, what he was facing when he wrote a letter to the Corinthians. He said to them in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, in verse 8 and 9, he's, he wrote to them, and he wrote to them, kind of interesting thing, he wrote to them three years, it was three years he had spent in the city of Ephesus, and he was writing to the Corinthians, and he said, I want to come see you, I, I have a heart, I really want to see you, he said, but I'm going to stay here until Pentecost, and the reason why I'm staying here, he says in the next verse, is because the Lord has opened a huge, a mega, a huge door of opportunity for me. He has opened a mega door of opportunity. And, and, and then he goes on to say, and yet this door that's open for me has many adversaries. You should understand this about Ephesus. Ephesus... Was, a, was, was an incredibly pagan city. It was one of the wealthiest cities, very much like the city we live in. Incredible opportunity. Everybody who had business wanted to be in Ephesus because it was where money could be made. And when you have money without God, you have horrible evil and wickedness. Ephesus was that city. Also, you should know that Ephesus became one of the greatest churches of the first century. Paul birthed one of the greatest churches that ever existed in the city of Ephesus. Paul was in the midst of, of building this church and actually changing history. And he said... In 16 and 9, for a wide door or a mega door, a wide door of, of effectual ministry has opened to me and there are many adversaries. Now there are moments in our lives and even throughout this past year when the Lord God presents before us an open door, an opportunity. And that opportunity or that door will lead you, or had the, had, the, had the potential of leading you to places of your future and your destiny that would absolutely astound you if you understood what was on the other side of that door. God, that's the way God works. He leads you to opportunities. 
He leads you to doors. You don't have to look far in the scripture if you type in the word door in your, in your, in your glossary of your Bible. It's amazing how many scriptures come open about doors. And the Apostle Paul, in his letter, lets us know that God had done something for him. I believe that God has and is right now doing something for us in the same way. There are moments in your lives, in our lives, when, when God begins to open these doors or present these opportunities of the change of destiny and change of life in a way that would impact you so much, but you can't tell how effectual those doors or opportunities are until you get through the door on the other side. And so we need to have discernment to know when these things appear, when God brings it before you in a way that you can take advantage of it. It might come to you in the form of a relationship that's just starting. You have no idea what, where that door could lead. It could be in a relationship, an old relationship, that God is rekindling in your life. You don't have any idea maybe right now what that will mean for you in coming days. It could be that God wants to or has put you in the midst of a broken relationship. And in fact, many times the broken relationships are actually doors into what God wants because some things that God wants for you, you can't actually experience hanging on to the nature of the relationship that you have. God is mysterious, but God is awesome. When he wants to bring forth your future, when he wants to open up your destiny, he will open a door. The problem is we don't many times see that door. We need to be able to discern. We need eyes to be able to see when a door appears and what to do with it. Can you imagine the father's heart, how delighted he becomes when he fulfills your greatest dreams, your deepest desires, your most passionate desires that you have in your heart it's the Father's good pleasure to fulfill that for you. It, it, it's much like what happens in, a, in about 72 hours. It's, it's what happens when, um, when parents are running around the city getting gifts that their children don't know and wrap them in a package and have them under a tree. We have this tradition in America that we uh, buy gifts for each other at Christmas. And, and we don't tell each other what the gifts are. And, and when parents, parents, if you've never been a parent, you don't understand. But if you're a parent, you understand. When you buy a gift, what you're thinking about is the look on your child's face when they receive what you bought. I'm sorry. I hope I have any parents in here that can agree with me. Raise your hand if you can, if you can agree with that. When you go buy a gift, you, you, you wrap a package. Why do you wrap it? Because you want the mystery. You know, now my wife, she, she puts some in the, you know, she gets these beautiful bags, and she stuffs, puts the gift in there, then she stuffs the paper on top. But, but I grew up in a tradition where, you know, my mom would buy the wrapping paper. I'm sure, I, maybe I'm the only one here. That's something Let me give you some history. She'd buy, the, she'd buy these beautiful rolls of wrapping paper, and we would have a night at night when the kids were in the bed, or, or we would, we would, or we were going to give each other gifts, we would wrap the, we'd, we'd wrap, we'd wrap. Anybody here ever wrap? 
packages? Very, oh, okay. Y'all look at me like you never wrapped. No. Okay, so it, it's, it's a tedious chore, but you, when you're sitting, you got to cut it just right, right? Make sure that you cut straight so it don't look crazy when you fold it. Yeah, right. You, and then you have, you have clear tape so you don't see the tape, right? And some, if you don't know how to do a bow, you buy bows. Today you can buy bows. Already done. You take a bow, stick it up. And they already have a sticky on the bottom, right? You peel it up, stick it on top, and you put it under the tree. And you put the name on it, right? And, and, and you sit there. You ought to watch parents on Christmas Day when their children open their, when they open their gifts. And when, when, when parents are sitting back, child, they open it. And the children, of course, when they're excited, you know, they, they, they have no regard for wrapping paper. Just rip it, right? It just rip it off. And, 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 and the parents are looking for, looking for something. L- listening for something, right? In fact, they got a commercial on right now. I forget what the commercial's about, but I do remember this part of the commercial. In the commercial, it shows people going, oh, oh, oh. Have you ever seen that commercial? How many of you are anticipating Christmas and you are looking forward to the packages that you're under? Nobody? Oh, God bless you. Amen. All right. So I'm, I don't know what's wrong with you. This is, this is a re- weird Christmas, but I, as a parent, I love to sit back because I want to see. I, it gives me such joy to know that what I've given creates an excitement, right? And you watch them, they just, you know, and then... Then, then a parent looks for something else. Uh, a parent, oh, thank you for preaching my message. I appreciate that. When the package, when they see it and they got it, right, then what? They, they turn their gaze from the package to the parent. And, uh, and I don't know how many of you get, get that, but, man, parents, they, they, they just love that. Can you imagine what the Father God, what he feels when he gives you something you've been believing and praying for that you really want? And, and, and God help you if you don't turn your joy from the gift back to the giver. Because the Father's heart is full of, he's full, he's absolutely full of, of joy to see you get what you want. Tap your neighbor and says, your daddy, your father God loves to give you gifts that you love. Amen. Here's what the Bible says. If you being evil know how to give, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? If you then being evil know how to give gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father, who is in heaven, give what is good to those that ask him? And the Bible declares, the word of God declares, it is my, the Father's good pleasure, something he desires, to give us the kingdom. You, know, you should know that, that even though the Father delights to bless us, this can be a challenge for some people when they don't have a good experience with parents, when they don't, they've not had a Christmas where parents are sitting back waiting for them, for their joy, and they never got anything they really wanted. They always got something the parent thought they needed, you know, like socks, uh, you know, like underwear. You know, I mean, like it's a great Christmas gift, praise God. 
it, 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 you know, it's, it's very similar with even with the anniversaries, you know. One anniversary, oh, I feel so bad about this. One anniversary, I gave my wife, I mean, I thought I was doing her a favor, but I just wasn't thinking. Man, what were you thinking? And I gave her, oh, Lord, I didn't want to tell you. I gave her, you know, one of those lights that you put on top of a book so you can read at night. I get, and I was thinking, well, this is going, she's going to look, oh, this is a neat gift. Whoa, this is a really neat gift, man. This is going to be so the bomb. And, <laughs> and I, I, you know, you're sitting on top, you have a little battery, click the light, and the light shines down the page so you can read the page in the bed at night. Now, I, I, I didn't think about it at the time, but what, what am I saying? I might have said, you know, you need to read some. Like, what am I saying? Uh, I mean, what was that gift, what was it really telegraphing, you know? It was a great gadget. I gave, she said, I gave, <laughs> I gave her what I like. Well, but good hint for Christmas. Don't give your kids something you like. Hello, somebody. Come on, talk to me. Give your children what? Come on. What they like. You may not care for it all. Your father in heaven said, if we know how to give, if, if, if at our base, at our nature, without him is evil, and we know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more, it's a very powerful phrase there in the original language, how much more your heavenly father desires to give you what you desire. It's, it's an amazing thing. And yet, as much as the father wants to give to his children, there are some things they can't receive unless they have eyes to see. Even though he delights in us, it's challenging for many people who have never had a good parental situation, some, some who, grew, who grew up in trauma, in negativity, always being corrected for what you didn't do rather than being complimented for what you did. If you grow up in a situation where, you, where your performance is never good enough, where you, 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 you do the best you can, and if there's one little thing wrong, you bring home the test, and you got a B, and they're saying, why did you get A? I'm sorry, am I talking to the right people? She's laughing, all right. Uh, uh, you know, and, and, and instead of saying, you got 80% of it right, you know, they said, you got 20% wrong. It's amazing, if you have that situation where your parents were critical, where you were not appreciated, maybe even neglected. It's hard sometimes for those that have been in that lifestyle to understand a father's heart, how much he desires to give you the desires of your heart. It's amazing. And yet, if, if God put in front of you an open door, you couldn't see it or you wouldn't perceive it if you didn't understand how much he loves you. When your heart doesn't understand the love of God, then you, you, you become blind to what is right in front of you. For many people, those doors pass by them and they pass by those doors, those doors of delight, those doors that the Father has great things. There used to be a game show when I grew up. I can't remember the name of it. Anybody, is any of you here <clears throat> seasoned enough to remember the store, the game show that would come on and they'd have these doors and you had to go through, you had to choose the doors? 
Let's make a deal. We got a few. We got a few. Raise your hand if you remember that. Oh, God, I'm, I'm just trying to look at the age. All right, all right. Praise God. Let's make a deal. You know, the Father God is not messing with you. He, your life, you, some of you don't know that, your life is full of doors. Here's the way God works. Maybe you could understand a little bit about your Father God this morning. And maybe you, you might have to change your heart about what he thinks about you. Having presented before you so many of these that you missed, you didn't even see it as a door. You only saw it as a pain. Or you only saw it as a negative experience. Or you only saw it as a, a happenstance. You didn't realize that that connection was going to be the open door to a whole new life. May God give you eyes this morning to see. And the Father, he, he, um, he, uh, he's, he's always, always thinking about you. The Bible said if you could number the thoughts of the Father's heart, you, there would not be enough room in the world to count them. He's always thinking about you. He's always plotting and planning for you. Hmm. He's always opening doors for you. How many opportunities have you missed this year because you did not see the door that the Father was presenting to you? It takes a discovery of the Father's unfailing love. It takes a discovery of that to discern open doorways. He has no, you know, the Father has to penetrate all the wounds in our heart, all the negative experiences, all the pessimistic attitudes that we go through life with. And, and it's because of these things that we are not able to see what God really is doing. In your, it's a horrible thing to live your life from day to day. And you don't understand the excitement and the adventure. Some of you are just getting up every day. You're not in the adventure. You are just existing, trying to make your way through. You don't have a, a clue that the Father God is plotting and planning for you. If you could see how many of his angels that he has ministering for you, setting up things for you. But we can only take advantage if you got eyes to see. May God give you eyes to see that he will change your view as you learn how to go through. Unlock the door. Um, it's kind of amazing because if you've come to a door you've never, you've never been in, it's a mystery. You don't know what's on the other side. Sometimes uh, we, have, uh, we find ourselves realizing a new opportunity before us, but because we don't know where it's going to lead, sometimes we hesitate. We draw back, and sometimes we even turn our back and walk away. This morning, may God give you grace to understand the season you're in. We're at the end of 18. You are absolutely right. We're ramping up for 19. But how can you walk into 19 if you have regrets in 18 and, you have, and you're blind to what the Father's doing? May God begin to talk to your heart by changing your attitude about the Father God. Listen to Romans 18. Paul writes to the Romans. He says this, For you have not received the spirit of slavery, 
leading to fear again. But you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children were heirs also, and heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, we also, if we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. Let me read it to you in, let me read it to you in the message. This resurrection life you received from God is not a timid grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a child like, what's next, Papa? God's spirit touches our spirit and confirms who we really are. We know who he is, and we know who we are, father and children. And we know that we are going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the hard times with him, then we're certainly going to go through the good times with him. May God give you grace to see the door and the courage to walk through it. When we understand this how radical God's love is and how good his goodness is, God the Father empowers us to believe for doors that are huge. Now, now you need to understand this, that this physical door may be in size, not that wide. But if on the other side of this is the provision of God, it widens up and you have no idea. Oh, my God. I believe that's exactly what God wants for you. Why 2018 is so important right now that you don't miss the doors that God wants you to have your hands on and open. That you don't walk by the opportunities that the Lord has constructed for you. You, you should consider today. You should consider, Lord, where are the doors? I need eyes to see them. You need to understand that he's been working this whole time to get you to a certain place. Have you ever thought about how many acts of divine sovereignty it takes to get a person from the other side of the country to be in the right place where you are at the right time for you to connect with them? Have you ever thought about, there was a movie that I saw called... Um, I almost called it up. It was a movie about um, um, these two people. They were trying to get their lives kept intersecting. Serendipity. Not serendipity, but um, and, and 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 the and the and the uh, the angels or the demons were trying to keep them from their lives from from. What was it? Does, does anybody remember? No movie, Rock. You you know what I'm talking about. And and they and they they he was a senator. He was in Congress, and she was a dancer. Well, we might, okay, we, we can talk to each other. So, <laughs> I, I'm sorry that I can't call the name of the movie. It just came up in my mind. But it was, a, it was an amazing movie because it, it showed you how many moves I have to make. Do you know what it took for God to grow me up in California in the ghetto to bring me to a mountain girl that lived in the mountains, yes, amen, 
you know, who jumped over the snakes and the bears as I fought the rats and the roaches. Do you, do you understand what it took for God to get me to have the right contact to decide to go to that college at that time, not the year before, but that particular year, so that that, that year when I got through with my football, two weeks of football training camp, and I came from training camp, that he set up the meeting that night for her to be there. Do you know what it took for him to get her there? She had the, the Adjustment Bureau. That's the name of the movie. The Adjustment, thank you somebody. The Adjustment Bureau, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's great to, to, to understand what God does to get people to intersect. There no accidents in God's kingdom. How did she get there? My God. She, but she showed up at the Catholic Student Union that night. She and her friend, Helen. And I showed up with my friend, Norris. You know, and we had been in football camp eating bloody meat and, <laughs> and having full-on contact in the days when you could hit folk with your helmet. Amen. Old school football. You understand what I'm talking about, Donald? Man, you can hit folk. I mean, showing, showing up hit folk. Yeah. Now today, you can't hardly touch them. You got to drag them down. Yeah. Anyway, I, all football, all the football players know exactly what I'm talking about. All you, raise your hand if you're old school football players understand what I'm talking about. You know, I was watching the game the other, the other night. A guy caught the ball. Everybody's up around him, and he's still walking. He's still he's still going toward the goal line while the rest of them are all. Trying to pull it. Man, if that guy would have caught that ball in my day, he'd have been on the ground because I'd know what to do to get him on the ground. I know what to do to get him on the ground. Lord, have mercy. You get him high, I get him low. You know what I mean? You can't do that anymore. You know, we could cut him down, close, close, close. Yeah, oh. Forgive me, old school football player. There's a tinge of violence that was in me that God had to really come and, and, and help me. I don't, you know what it took for him to get Carolyn Johnson there that day? And, we, and, and then we meet Pam. And, we're, and, and I'm looking at her, she's looking at me. She's actually laughing at me. Because she said I look so silly. Well, I wasn't laughing when I was looking at her. Particularly that day when we came. And what did it take for us to have the same biology class? Uh-huh. And for me to come out that day, but I skipped class. And she's coming out of class. And that day, she started walking toward me, and she had shortened her dresses. Oh, yes. Oh, I can say it now. Praise God. <laughs> and, 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 and who would have known we would start singing together? God is amazing. Do you know who you serve? And how God is able to manipulate situations and still leave your full will intact. Still allow you to make a decision while his divine hand is placing before you opportunity. Not making you do anything, but you volunteering out of your own heart to say yes to the Lord or to say yes to a condition. You need God to open your eyes to the doors that God is placing before you. You know how much he loves you? You know how much he cares about you? Sometimes you, 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 when you don't, you miss what he has. 
take a second right now and, and um, I, I want you to clear your lap and I want you to, to lift your hands before the Lord. I want to pray a prayer with you. I'm not quite done yet, but I, I want to pray this prayer with you because I, I think that so many of God's children, we, we, we don't get that God is not mad with you. God is not disappointed with you. You are disappointed with you. God has already made full provision for you. His love is amazing. My God. Pray with me. Father God, I come before you right now. I recognize your love for me. I ask you to bathe my heart in your love. Remove all fear from my heart. Remove the fear of being abandoned from my heart. I decree today, Lord, that I am not an orphan. You have fearfully and wonderfully created me. You've given me purpose. I receive healing from every wound related to family. I release the wounds in your presence. And I receive your healing now. I receive your love for me. And I surrender to you as your child. And I confess that I walk in the fullness of your revelation. I'm receiving your goodness and your grace. I confess that I am surrendered to your love. And I thank you for giving me eyes to see my doors that you've placed before me and the courage to go through them. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I want to take five more minutes. Give me five more minutes. I want to finish this. This open door concept is not, is not foreign to the scripture. Jesus himself refers to himself as the door nobody can shut. Jesus refers to himself. He, he calls himself, I am the door. It's a powerful thing he says in the scripture. In fact, He says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 8, he says, I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut because you have, you have a little power and have kept my word and have not denied my name. He said, I've placed an open door before you. God knows about doors. But I got to tell you what, when the Lord begins to, open a door, give an opportunity before you, Paul was absolutely right, particularly when that door is huge and in terms of what, what's going to happen to you. He calls it an effectual, a door to effectual ministry. When that door is huge, you, there are always adversaries that are trying to block you from getting to where God wants you to go. 
You got, have you got my blocks? Yeah. Is that ready? We're, I'm ready for my blocks. Where are my blocks? Yeah, yeah. The, I, I, want, I want you to give a hand to, now this is not their real life, but they're, they're, this is their play life today. Whenever you come to a, an open door, God, you, you have to deal with this. Because some people think that just because God can do anything, he's going to do everything. Some people think that if God gave you a word, the word itself is almost the same as its fulfillment. It's not. Some people believe that if I receive a prophecy, just because I receive the prophecy, then automatically I'm going to walk in the prophecy. No, that's not true. When God speaks to you and shows you what to do and where to go and the door he's opening, you have to have the courage to go through it. And it's hard to go through a door when you got somebody standing there trying to keep you out. It ain't going nowhere. We're all right. Come on through, sir. In fact, I want you to come through. All of you come through. Every door. Tell your neighbor, every open door has resistance. And some people don't get this. Paul made it clear. He said, you know what? There's a mega door, but I got many adversaries. Give me two on one side and two on the other. You are the door guards. They're there. They are there for a purpose. If you don't recognize who they are, then you could get blown out the game. You could get knocked out the box. Tossed out the competition. Because you didn't understand and how many of God's people, they don't look to the future. They stop dreaming because the moment they start dreaming, the moment they start moving toward the door of God's opportunity, then resistance comes. And you confuse the resistance for God. You think, if I'm being resisted, then it must not be God. Are you nuts? Whenever God gives you a word, whenever God gives you a direction, whenever God gives you a vision, whenever God makes purpose known to you, trust me, my friend, there are enemies that surround. In fact, every new breakthrough is always guarded by problems. I'm sorry, am I talking to the right people? You all right? Let me give you an example right quick. Are you still with me? Are you still there? The, the, first, the first resistance you're going to have to deal with when God wants to open a big door for you, uh, this is my first, my, the first thing you have to deal with, you have to deal with your own internal struggles. You ought to write that down. You got to deal with your own mind. Because part of you is saying, God, really? Are you going to really make it happen? I mean, after all this time, it ain't nothing happening right and, and now here it is. And is, there, is, is this for real? Have you ever seen people when, you get a, when, they, when they get a great offer or they get a, a, an amazing breakthrough, they, it's, they'll say something like this. It's unbelievable. You have to deal with your own mind. Because if your mind's been thinking too small, then the, the vastness of what God is saying will pressure you and you will tend to want to back up and not, not accept it and not go through. You have to deal with the pressure, internal pressure. You have to, you must renew your mind. Romans 12, 2 speaks about this. You have to put the word of God in you. And you have to cause, you have to allow your mind to be changed. You have to think differently. Your own mind has learned to be comfortable in the old level, at the old situation. 
But that mega door of opportunity means I have to stretch the way I think. Some people do good if they're living down here, but the opportunity comes to live up here. They sabotage the door. They close the door. They kick the door over because they don't want to. They're afraid to, go, to accept the responsibility of being up here. There are more people who do not go forward in God, not because God doesn't want them to, but because they are afraid to go through. Lord, you really want me to do that? Can I give you an example? You go, for the, you go for the job. The job is paying double what you got right now. You get there to the interview, and, and they like you. I mean, they, they, they smile when you come to the door. They're watching you. They already decided in their mind they want you. By the way, this is most of the case when people try to move up in, in economic use. What happens is they already make... They make they make a decision before you ever come in there because they already went on your Facebook <laughs> and checked out and checked you out. I'm sorry, forgive me. Some of y'all got a problem. Some of y'all need to go in, at the end of 2018 and just go, come off Facebook altogether. Just, just empty your Facebook. Just dump it. Just start over, please. Because some of the things on your Facebook, you know, when you go get the new job or try to get the new, <laughs> the new interview, they look and they see what's on The craziness on some folks' Facebook. I know because I go to some of y'all, I haven't been to yours yet. I go to some of y'all's Facebook and I go, what the, what the, what? I'm sorry, am I the only guy in the building this morning? When God wants to bring you through a new door, you got to deal with your own mind. You got to deal with your own personal internal objections. God will do it, but you have to decide, Lord, I'm going to accept what you're bringing. <laughs> hmm. well, the second thing you got to deal with, you got to deal with discouragement. See, discouragement is, it looms large. First, yeah, you can stand in front of the door. I'm going to back my door up a little bit. You got to deal with your own mind. Yeah. Your own mind. Man. Are we still? Yeah, we still good. Your own mind can sabotage you. But then you have to deal with discouragement. You know, discouragement is ugly. Sometimes you can't see the door because the enemy of discouragement is in your heart and it clouds your vision. Their faith has become contaminated, some who try to believe, because they've been disappointed. Man, when a person, have you ever seen a child that, 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 that gets disappointed in their youth? And when it, when it happens enough, that's the way they carry themselves. They don't readily trust, particularly those of authority, because if you've been hurt so many times, you start protecting your heart because I don't want to be hurt again. How many of God's people are, are the same way? God wants to take you there, but you got, you got this protection around you. I don't want to be hurt. And you've forgotten who ultimately you're trusting, not men, but God. You got to deal with discouragement. Discouragement is, is an ugly, demonic thing because it makes the heart faint. And when the heart faints, it's hard to believe. It's difficult to believe the Father God when your heart sinks because you don't want to be hurt again. Do you know how many folk 
that are lonely, that won't dare get into another relationship because their heart is hurt. It's crazy. I've never seen so much of it in my, my, my wife and I. We were eating at this place, that, the place we were eating, uh, where you have topas, it was a, Barcelona was the name of the restaurant. And it's got this bar in there. I was looking at all the, all the people that were, coming to, that were coming around the bar drinking like a fish, and most of them were single. Yeah, yeah, most of them were single. And, and, and it's, it's amazing how, you know, they show up, uh, they, want, they want somebody to notice them. If you have, I'm sorry, maybe y'all don't traffic in those places, okay? It's amazing to me how many people have suffered disappointment and rejection who actually are closed to great relationships. I, I'm, a little, I'm a little worried because there are guys that are in their 30s and 40s and, and they've not married and they've never been married. I, it bothers me. I'm sorry, I'm still old school. I grew up in, the, in, you know, by the time you were 20 something, you got married. That's what you do. I know, I know those days are gone, but I'm used to those days. I get worried I got 40 years old, never been married, not, not gonna get married. I said, what is wrong with you? And, and, and when you start talking to them, I am amazed how many of them have been hurt and they don't want to be hurt again. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to deal with discouragement. T t tell your neighbor, you got to deal with discouragement. <laughs> Look, the only way to avoid disappointment is to stop dreaming. The only way to avoid disappointment is to stop dreaming. But this is dangerous and, and, and it leads to stagnation. It creates deep emotional problems for you. You, if, if you've been hurt, you need to take that. By the way, we have a remedy for that. You, there's a place where you can take that discouragement and hurt. All of it. And the depth of it. We have a place where you can bring that to the one who has already absorbed all of the sin. The one who has already taken all of the punishment. He can take that out almost like what taking poison out taking poison out of a person. That's what Jesus does. That's what his love does. Play for me so I, I'll be quiet. It's, it's an amazing thing. If you've been discouraged, man, if your heart has been broken, then you, won't, you don't want new stuff. You don't want to go to new places. You don't want to have new relationships. But oh my God, what you're missing when you don't go through the door that God sets up. In order to go, you're going to have to decide away with you. My internal thinking, I'm changing my mind. I want you to go. I want you to get out of my life. you got to decide, I'm not going to live in this discouragement anymore. You need to come to the one who is, who is encouragement to the max. The God that knows exactly how you feel, how deep that hurt is, and he knows how to heal it. Whose love knows no bounds, no end, who can go in and do surgery in your heart and change you within, forgive you and forgive them and make it like your heart's new. That's exactly what Jesus does because you can't get a new view unless you go through. 
Time to go. I got two more enemies up here, but I think I'm going to combine them in one. together. Sometimes what keeps you from going through a door is bad relationships. Some people, you know, there are, there's something that needs to happen to the body of Christ. There needs to be a resurgence of what it means to be joined together. We need that so badly because we have this attitude that we can do it. You know, um, she was singing about it in the right way. On my own, I can't make it. It's amazing to me how many believers want to try to make it on their own. But this move of God right now is actually drawing people together. And part of recognizing open doors is recognizing the people that God wants to join you to. Listen to me. You have never had a time in history where church membership, I'm talking about across the nation, it has been at an all-time low. People are afraid to, to create new relationships. And yet, a relationship is generally, that when God designs it, a relationship is a door through which your destiny begins to open. For many people, they have missed what God really wants because they simply refuse to join to the relationships God places around them. And conversely, there are people that are hanging on to you that you need to let them go. Tap your neighbor's head. If you got one of them, for God's sake, let them go. Now look at the other person on the other side and tell them the same thing. If you have a relationship that's not ordained by God, a relationship that draws from you or pulls you down or pulls you back or criticizes you, you need to let that go. Sometimes you can be so used to people around you. You become comfortable. But when God wants to open doors for you, he will, one of the first things he'll do is start bringing you into new relationships. It's a powerful thing. In fact, I like a friend of mine, he said, one of my mentors, he said, you'll be the same five years from today except for two things, the books you read and the people you meet. When God wants to take you into your future, he will do so by connecting you. In fact, many of you, your future is in a relationship. You say, I want a new, some of you say, I'm so sick of this job, I don't know what to do. You are one, tell your neighbor, you are one relationship away from that new job. I know I'm right. Because that's the way God works. Connects you with one person. All of a sudden, he knows so-and-so who knows so-and-so. And the next thing you know, you're standing in front of the right person. And they're looking at you like, I've been, I've been looking for you. I've been looking for a person like you for a year. And you say, well, here I am. Don't, like, don't, 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 don't destroy the relationship because you're afraid to go up. Open your arms. Get into the relationship. Quit being afraid of having your heart busted. Tap your neighbor and said, God can fix your busted heart. I got to stop. I got to stop. So Paul said, there is so much ministry awaiting for me. See, before the breakthrough came in Ephesus, 
There was much prayer, private Bible study, opposition, amazing. But Paul realized there was a point that came. He said, you know what? I want to come see you, but I, I don't need to see you because there is a wide door before me. And on the other side of that door is effectual ministry. And I see the adversaries. I'll I close you with this. And then Paul says, the first thing he said before he talked about the doors, he said, but I, I'm going to stay here till Pentecost. I'm going to stay here until Pentecost. Pentecost signifies the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. When the Spirit of God begins to fill and move over your, over your life, when the Spirit of God visited them for the first time in the upper room was the beginning of Pente the 50th day of celebration, Pentecost, the outpouring of God's Holy Spirit on human flesh. The power you need to go through the door is Pentecost. Why do I need the power? Because you need to face the enemies. So this last part of this year, we, that's why we gather and pray. That's why we are praising. That's why we are beefing up our, our time before God. It's the Spirit of God that comes, that comes upon you that helps you to go through, to recognize, and to go through the door of his choice. What you waiting on, man? What you waiting on, sister? What you waiting on, business person? Trying to make that deal? You're trying to break into a whole nother level? God is the one who opens them. I'm going to tell you, tell your neighbor, stand up to your feet, tell your neighbor. When God opens the door for you, nobody shuts it. But adversaries will come to keep you out. But the power of Pentecost is the power to go through. Lift your hands to the Lord. May the Lord Jesus give you eyes to see where you are. May you not be blind. But the Bible says we are the light. Therefore, we should not act like darkness. May God give you eyes to see where you are. May you understand the moment of history that God has brought you to. May you not miss the door that's right in front of you. May you not miss the relationships that God wants to tie you to. Do not let fear run you away from God's opportunity. Oh God, I thank you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, exactly right. Open your mouth and begin to talk to the Lord right now. Father, I thank you for giving them that discernment and understanding. Thank you, Lord, for those who have the courage to take hold of that door and walk through. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Don't you dare be afraid. The same God that opened the door knows about the adversaries.
The same God that calls you up to a different plane, up to another level of responsibility for his kingdom. That same God knows how to take care of the adversaries. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But the adversary is there so that when you go through that door, having gone through those adversaries, you can handle what's on the other side of that door. You got to change in order to keep what God wants to give you. And that change is facilitated by the, the, the resistance you get in going through. You're going to go through. You're going to make it. But you need to resist and obey the Lord. Talk to God right there where you are because I know you know what I'm talking about. Some of you, um, yes, it's that time to say, okay, I am done with this situation. I'm done with it. Father, I see what you're doing. Okay, that's good. I think that's a good move. Uh, would you do that? Would you, those of you that say, I'm walking away from the, the, I'm walking away from the relationships that are holding me back and I'm walking to and through the door that God wants. I want you to just come forward very quickly. We won't be here long. Just come, come and stand right in this place, in, in this altar. And you're just acknowledging, Father, I, Father, I am receiving. I am receiving. I am going to walk through the door you're giving me. Actually, I wasn't asking two or three. I was asking all of us to come forward. Amen. He said, oh, okay. 